the name of Aaron. Now, what does Aaron mean? It's a very popular name, the name of, of, of Moses, his brother's name was Aaron. What does Aaron mean, right? Okay. So first of all, we see that he was buried on Hur Hur, on the mountain of mountains. In the name Aaron, you have the name Hur, which is mountain, Har. What is the idea of Har in, in Kabbalah? The idea of a mountain in Kabbalah represents love, represents love. Because when, when you love someone, your heart is filled with emotion. You rise to the occasion, and you can't stay straight. You can't sit in your seat. The love is so strong, you, ha- you have to go out of yourself. So, Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachvaleah were called the mountains and the mohills of the Jewish people because they represented love to Almighty God. To, to lift up your heart in the path of God, which is through loving God. Now, so Aaron had this love. As we say in Ethics of Our Fathers, that was quoted earlier, he was known for loving everybody, men and women and children, and bringing families back together. And we are told, follow in the path of Aaron. Don't be judgmental. Even people that are, are simpletons and people who don't have any great qualities about them, love them. And give them purpose. Bring them close to the Torah. So he was, number one, the idea of Hor, a mountain. Now, in Kabbalah and Chassidus, it explains that the love that Aaron had was even greater than the love of Avram Avinu. We know Abraham was called Isha Chesed, a man of kindness and love. And yet, in Kabbalah, it says that the love of Aaron was even greater than Avraham. And this is also hinted, hinted in the name of Aaron. Because Aaron is Aleph, Hey, Reish, Nun. So number one, Aleph stands for Pella. The letter, the word, letter Aleph, if you spell it out, and you read it in, backwards, spells out the word Pella, wondrous, implying a wondrous love. Also, Aleph Heresh is an acronym for Avarabba, an intense, passionate love. Then you have the letter Nun. The letter Nun, which is the final Nun, is a very long letter. It goes beneath the baseline, implying that his love was not only in the theoretical, was not only aloof, only for the spiritual, but it actually impacted the world, and it went even beneath the baseline for those who violated Torah who broke the laws of Torah, who went outside the norm of, of Judaism and, and Torah. And in truth, in the letter Nun, you find this idea as well, because the letter Nun has on it what you call a crown, tagging. And the tagging, the crown goes above the line, and then you have the majority of the letter that goes within the two lines. Like when you're in school, they say, make sure you write the letters in the lines. Mm-hmm. But in Judaism, it go beneath the line also which is the nun, the final leg of the nun goes beneath the baseline, implying that he connected with above those who are very spiritual, those who are average, and those who are even below average. So this is the idea of of Aaron implying a person had tremendous love. It also says in other areas that the word Aaron is nida, again, to see and be seen. Same concept as we said earlier, to see God and, and to be seen by God. 
Now, what does Chassidus say about this? So the question here is, what is the juxtaposition between the death of Aaron and Vayishma HaKnani Melech Arod? And the Canaanites heard that Aaron died. Why are these two stories connected one with the other? And really, what is the, the deeper connection between Aaron and the clouds of glory? As we stated earlier, Rashi says, what did he hear? He heard that Aaron died. And therefore, the clouds of glory that protected the Jewish people, the force field, disappeared. And now, the Jews were exposed. But why did the clouds of glory disappear? That's the question. We find that there were three daily miracles that took place in the desert. Number one, the Jews had manna from heaven. Every day, manna came down. And Friday, a double portion. Shabbos, it didn't come down. From here, we saw in the Torah, the mitzvah of Shabbos. You shall rest on Shabbos. No manna came down from heaven on Shabbos. A double portion came down Friday. Because of that, we have Lechem Mishnah, Two chalice on the table on Shabbos. The manna came down in this chus in the merit of Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses our teacher. Manna is like Torah. It's food. You eat it, you're internalized, and it gives you strength. A yid, a Jew, needs to learn Torah every day. That is our spiritual sustenance. And therefore in this chus of Moshe, Moses who was our teacher, Moshe Rabbeinu, the first teacher of the Jewish people, we merited to receive the manna from heaven. Furthermore, the Talmud says the Torah was only given to the generation that ate the manna. Why? As the Rabbeinu Bechayah says, because the manna was so spiritual, it elevated us, it opened our minds, it made us more spiritual like the angels, supernal angels, and therefore, we were able to internalize and understand this brilliant, genius work that God gave us. So this is Moshe Rabbeinu. He gives us the manna. In the merit of Miriam, we have the rock of water, the rock of Miriam, Be'erisha Miriam. In the letters of Miriam, you have the word Mayim, Mem Yud Mem. The water came from Miriam. What is the idea of water? The idea of water is, says the Talmud, that a person who eats food and does not drink is liable to death. Why? Because the food needs water to circulate the body. If not, it's like a stone in your stomach and it cannot digest. The same is true. The mothers of Israel, their idea and their mission is to take the Torah and make sure it spreads throughout the entire family, that it impacts every aspect of your life. You go to yeshiva, you learn Torah, you come home, you forget it. The mother says, what did you learn today? How do you apply it? Now you have to make a bracha before you eat, before you go to sleep, make sure you say the Shema. It's not something you, you learn theoretically in school, it's like the water, it has to go from place to place. That is Miriam. Aaron, in his merit, came the clouds of glory. Why? Because Aaron represented... Avat Yisrael, to love your fellow as yourself, unconditionally. The cloud surrounded us in one circle. It made us one nation. There's no top, there's no bottom. In a circle, everyone is equal. He treated everybody with love and dignity. That was the power of Aaron. 
And his contribution to Judaism and to the Jewish people and to the world is unconditional love. Now, when it came to the mana, there was a limit. You had an omer, 43 and two-fifth eggs that came. That was the size you had per day. It was a limitation. It was for Moses in his merit. There was a limitation. The water of Miriam, yes, it gave off water. You didn't pay taxes, water taxes. But, but, each Nasi leader of the tribe took his staff and went to this Be'er of Miriam, to this brook of Miriam, and made a line all the way to his camp. And the water traveled all the way to his camp. But again, it, it was divided into 12 or 13 different camps. What united everybody, what united everybody was the clouds of glory. And this was in the merit of Aaron because he was a person that loved every person unconditionally. So now you have the death of Aaron. Now, just like the death of Miriam, when Miriam died, the water stopped. That's why Moses had to go and find the rock. And God tells Moses, don't hit the rock. And he hit the rock. And therefore God says to Moses, you're not going into the land of Israel. Now Aaron dies. And because Aaron dies, the clouds disappear. It was in his honor. He's no longer here. The clouds are disappearing. Now in truth, in both cases, after Miriam died, Moses brought back the water. It came back in Moses' honor. After Aaron died, Moses brought back the clouds. But for a while, it was gone. So now, it is in the merit of Aaron that these clouds were there. And therefore, Aaron was buried on Hor Hor, the mountain of mountains. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses was buried on Har Nivo, Mount Nebo. But Aaron was buried on the mountain of the mountain, implying this tremendous love that he had beyond any leader for every single Jew. And that is why we find that there's only one place in the Torah pertaining to one individual that we talk about the date of his passing. It's not Abraham, it's not Isaac, it's not Jacob, it's not even Moses. In other words, we know when Moses passed away, the seventh day of Adar. But it doesn't say that in the five books of Moses. The only one that the Torah records his date of passing is Aaron Akoyim, Aaron. Because his date of passing represents his essence. He fulfilled his purpose. He reached his perfection. He passed away the first day, Rosh Chodesh Av, of the fifth month of the year. And he died 123 years old. That's what the Torah says. These two concepts amplify Aaron HaKohen's life. He was a person who brought people together. He was a peacemaker. He lived 120 years. That's perfection. But he lived three more years because three represents unity. There's the right and there's the left and then you bring it together. You know the famous story a husband and wife are arguing at the rabbi with the rabbi, the fighting and the, the, the rabbi listens to the husband and says, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Then he listens to the wife and says, you're right. 
And then the mother-in-law comes in and says, how can they both be right? And he says, you're also right. <coughs> so the answer is, when you have three, when you have three, you have unity. If you have two, there's me against you, you against me. Two separate ideas. The idea of three, the number three represents unity. Aaron Akoyim brought about this unity. Similarly, he passed away on the first day of the month of Av. Day one, Echad. Echad is unity. God is one. The Jewish people are one. The nation is one. Everybody is one. We're all one. That was Aaron Akoyim's matter. We are one. And then he passed away in the fifth month. The number five represents a level beyond time and space. Four represents the four mothers. Three is the three fathers. Five represents a level beyond intellect, beyond understanding. Represents infinity. That's why we have at the Seder, the four cups of wine. The fifth is the cup of Elijah, representing the coming of Mashiach, which is the redemption, the ultimate redemption. So this idea of five alludes to the fact that Aaron was able to go beyond the limitations, beyond all of these arguments, beyond divisiveness, and bring about this oneness. So what is the message? What is the message of the Parsha of Chukas? The message is that we need to be like Aaron a Kohen. You can argue and say, number one, I'm not a Kohen. I'm a Levite, I'm an Israelite. Number two is, I'm not the high priest, I'm not Moses' brother. Comes along the Torah and says, no. Hillel teaches us, Hevei mitalmidov shel Aaron, you shall be from the students of Aaron. In other words, each one of us has that spark of Aaron in us. And each one of us has the ability to overlook all the faults and differences of other people. And by doing so, we're going to bring about the ultimate redemption because the temple was destroyed because of sinas chinam, unwarranted hatred. And the way we're going to bring about the rebuilding of the third temple and the Kambi of Mashiach is by unconditional love. So we hope and pray very, very soon to see the Kambi of Mashiach speedily in our days.